The moon has shifted its course halfway across the night sky. The women are still lively and awake, but there is a hushed stillness as they embrace the stories and lessons imparted to them so far. Some link arms in camaraderie, while some show the signs of fresh tears. Emotions spool around the circle and drift upwards into the sky. The old woman dips her hand into the ocean's water before speaking. Witch, you have been feared for many centuries, hated by some and desired by others. You are ancient as both a symbol and a calling. Sometimes you are a wicked thing, and other times a benevolent grandmother. You can shift your form, your motives, and your desires. What primal knowledge have you learned over your many years, in your many forms, shapes, and sizes? Sisters, I am the witch. You all know me. Some of you have experienced me more intimately than others. When I am in the light, I am guided by intuition and rooted in the earth. My source of power is internal wisdom, which I gather from the plants, the animals, and nature. But there is perversion in power, in consumption, and in too much cunning. If given free reign, my shadow will run wild and rampant. I can become uncontrolled and vindictive, striking out at my enemies and those who have wronged me. I will burn those around me as I burn myself to the ground. Take heed of the lesson I have learned when I let the darkness rule me. I will share the story, Blood Seeds. During the days of darkness, when the sun could not be held in the sky for long, there was a town on the edge of the forest. Its villagers were normal people with sheep and crops and families. But among them there was a woman who was not like the rest. Her house was the closest to the woods, and a short walk within, there was a twisted, gnarled tree. Tall and towering, it rose high into the air, its bark black and knotted. On its dark branches, instead of leaves, there were dozens of round seed balls. Small enough to fit in the hand, but most would think twice about touching them, as they were covered in vicious spikes. Few villagers knew of this tree, and most, if they did, would have chosen to stay away. But the woman knew of this tree, and she did not stay away, frequenting it often, for the seed balls were of much use to her. There was power hidden inside their curved walls, and she had found a way to tap it. At first, when she had come upon the tree, she had gathered the strange nodes and taken them home to investigate, to learn their secrets, what they could be used for. She found she could grind them down into a coarse flour to make a yeasty bread. One day, while she was in her kitchen preparing the seeds, her hand slipped, and the spines of the ball sliced deep into her hand, drawing blood. She watched, shocked, as the seed instantly absorbed her blood, swelling in size. The woman set aside the seed and cleaned the cut in her hand, wrapping it with a clean strip of linen. Then she continued to grind down the rest of the seeds she had gathered, careful to mine their spines this time. But after she had ground them to flour, she did not have quite enough to make a full loaf. Her eyes turned to the seed, swollen with her blood. She saw no harm in using it since it was no crime to consume her own blood. And so she ground down that swollen seed, producing a fine purple flower. She added water and kneaded the purple dough and baked herself a loaf of bread. And when she pulled it from the oven, a purple swell greeted her and a divine aroma filled the room. She cut a slice from the loaf and placed it on her tongue, flavor and power exploding within her mouth. She had made bread plenty of times with these seeds but never had tasted or felt this way until today. 
when her blood had kindled the properties of the seeds. And so she went back to the tree to shake and gather the spiked seeds from its branches. For no matter the season, not a single leaf grew, only the seed balls. And for weeks, the woman feasted on the blood bread, growing with the power of the seeds. She found she could not cut her hand with a knife and feed the seeds the blood. No, their spines had to inflict the damage themselves. Only their tines could draw forth the power. And the wound they left behind was ugly and jagged. It pained the woman until she discovered that if she crushed the seed ball, a clear oil could be extruded and then rubbed on the tear in her hand, and the wound would seal up instantly. And so she could cut and tear her hand, feeding the spiked seeds over and over again, and then seal her skin up once more without leaving a scar. Months passed, and the woman stopped eating all other food, needing only the blood bread to sustain herself. But then, the seeds began to whisper to her. The power of the bread was only the slightest taste of what could be had. Go to the tree, their spines whispered. Make an offering. And so the woman went to the tree and sat in its dark soil. She called out that she would offer her blood to it, for a taste of something more. But the woman had already given her blood to the seeds. This would not do for the tree. It wanted blood, but a more costly kind. And so the woman promised it the blood that comes but once a month. Without it, she could bear no children, but the woman desired the power of the seeds more. And the deal was struck between the woman and the dark tree, and she left with her hands full of spiked seeds and the surety of power to come. She rushed to cut her hand on their spines, to let them drink her blood and swell, to grind them and bake them, and her mouth salivated as she waited for the blood bread to cool. And when she placed the first bite on her tongue, power rushed through her. Her eyes widened and she could see things she had never seen before. Things in the dark, things around corners, things in people's hearts. And her veins widened and her legs did not grow tired and her arms were strong enough to break wood barehanded. And she learned to turn the blood seeds into other things, to imbue their power in other ways. She began to dye her light hair with their purple dust, turning it a beautiful red. She cut her hands over and over again, crafting blood powder to dye her clothes with, a purple hue that no one else could make. The power of the seeds was woven into the fabric, and the woman grew power drunk when she wore them. The swollen blood seeds also crafted a face oil that smoothed any wrinkles, and as her beauty grew, so too the woman grew haughty and vain. And when the woman planted her garden, mixing in the purple seed dust into the soil to add power and fertility, she realized she was alone. For no matter how beautiful she became, no man in the village would come near her. The townspeople had not been blind to the changes that had taken place. Though they might not have known the source, they knew nothing good could come of this transformation. For though the woman was not aware of it, she had become addicted to the power of the seeds, the flavor of the bread, the hum of power in her clothes. And each month, under the full moon, she hastened down to the twisted tree to trade her womanly power for the dark seeds and their own dark power. She dug a hole in the dirt and buried the jar of her blood at the roots of the tree, and a slow exhale could be heard on the wind as the spiked balls fell from the tree, restless, hungry for the woman to feed them. For years, the woman fed the tree and feasted on the power hidden in its seeds. But as the years went by, time's hand could not be stilled, and the woman realized she was aging. Oh, the seeds kept the wrinkles at bay, but she had to apply the face oil more and more often. And her hair, still long and lush, was turning gray and needed the red dust every few weeks instead of months. 
and the woman turned her eyes from the tree back to the village. She did not favor anyone there, but perhaps she could call a traveler to her, of course, with the power of the seeds. And so when the woman went to the tree at the end of the month to exchange her female blood and sacrifice the ability to hold life in her womb, she also cast a spell with the help of its twisted roots. She bound a traveling man to come to her, to lay eyes on her beauty and never leave her. The spell would have to be continually renewed, but with the tree behind her own house, she did not fear this. And within three days, a man showed up at her town. He was handsome enough with blue eyes and a thick beard. He was strong and tall, and when the magic took him, he could see nothing but the witch's beauty. His eyes were closed to the world, and they were wed. But just because his eyes were closed, it did not mean his mouth was. And after a year, he began to ask the witch for a child. He spoke of a desire to see her beauty mirrored in another, a miniature version of themselves. The witch was appalled and fed the man more blood bread, sinking her spell deeper into him. But the seeds could not misalign the man's desire for offspring, and he planted his own seed in the witch's mind. She had never desired a family, but she feared that the man's desire was so strong it would one day overcome the power of the seed. And so when the time came for the witch to take her monthly blood to the tree, she hesitated. She had never told her husband why she was barren, had never spoken of where her powers came from. But she knew, spell or no spell, without a child, the man would leave her one day. So she plotted. That night would be the last time she gave her blood to the tree, at least until she conceived and bore a child for her husband. She would have to gather all the blood seeds she could that night, filling basket after basket and emptying the branches of the tree. For her husband had only known her as a woman filled with power, streams of it spilling from the seams of her clothes, from her hair, from her face. She was imbued with it, and it was this magic that kept him enthralled. When she stopped sacrificing her womanly blood to the tree, and if she ran out of the blood seed, she would lose all her magic, all her power. The lines in her face would return, her hair would fade, and her power would seep away. All to bring a child into this world, to keep the man at her side. But the witch was sure she could gather enough seeds. She could carefully store them and use them as needed to dye her clothes and hair. She could conserve and be more careful with her purple powder. She could ration her blood bread. It would be a long nine months, but as soon as she bore the child, she could return to the tree and offer up her blood once more. And so the woman left the twisted tree that night with her arms laden full of baskets of the spiny seeds. And the next month she conceived and had no blood to give to the dark tree. Her husband's eyes filled with delight when she told him they were to have a child. But as he hugged her, she could not keep her eyes from the tree, towering in the dark mist. It was angry. The months began to go by, and the woman's stomach stretched wider and wider. And though she had sworn to be careful with the blood seeds and ration them, her cravings for the blood bread only increased with her stomach. She consumed loaf after loaf, and used jar after jar of face oil on her swollen belly to ease the discomfort. And then the day came when she reached into the pantry and found only one spiny seed ball left. She cried as she ate the single purple biscuit she was able to bake with a small amount of seed flour. And then she hid. She hid from the man as she felt her wrinkles return, as her body grew fatter and as her hair faded to gray. She was an old woman with a swollen belly, and the power and magic left her. The man did not know where she had gone or why she had hidden herself from him. 
And when the woman could not bear it any longer, she decided she would steal more seeds from the tree. She must have her power back. But with her belly full of child and no blood to give, how would she secure the seeds? She took the blood of goat and approached the tree. She buried the jar in the soil and quickly reached for the spiny seeds that appeared on the outstretched branches. She gathered them hastily while the tree's roots closed over the jar and began to seep their way inside. A scream filled the air as the tree discovered the blood was false, but the woman was already running away, her arms full of the stolen seeds, some spilling from her grasp onto the ground, turning to ash. And then a drumming could be heard through the forest and all the way into the village. The tree stretched out a dark root and cursed the woman. The last of her power was stripped from her, and the man that had been bespelled to stay by her side was released. And when she stumbled back into the house, he saw not only her wrinkles and gray hair, but the lies she had fed him. And with no power to hold him, he left. The curse did not stop there, for the tree was vengeful and reached its roots into the woman's belly and cursed her child too. The woman hoped that once she gave birth, Perhaps she could appease the tree with her menstrual blood again. But when she pushed the child from her body, she saw the tree had not forgotten its anger. The child was born with red hair and red skin and red eyes. It bled and bled and bled, never ceasing. For as the woman had not shared her blood with the tree, now her child would share its blood with all. And instead of the blessing of blood, it was a curse. Anything the child touched or where its blood flowed, things died. The town's animals, dead. The crops, failed. Birds fell out of the sky, bleeding from their eyes, and even the trees rotted and died. A plague fell upon the town, their wells drawing only blood, and all turned their eyes to look at the one tree still standing, and they saw whose house it stood behind. The woman did not know what to do. Her power was gone, and the tree cried vengeance for blood. The villagers also cried out for her death, for the plague and destruction of their town. And so she took the only thing of power and value she had left, her child. She told the villagers to take her child, for it was what was cursed, and to offer it to the tree. Surely then it would remove the curse on the town. But the villagers only looked at her with disgust. Removing the child or not, they placed the blame on her. And so under the cover of night, the woman walked through the forest. She stood beneath the dark shadow of the tree, it was enormous, towering over her, and she fell to her knees, knowing she could not repair this. Nothing would. But still she tried to offer up the baby to the tree, laying it at its roots. But the tree would not accept it, and the child only lay there screaming and kicking. The woman bowed her head, hair graying at the temples. She picked up the baby and placed it to the side. A much bigger sacrifice would have to be made, and even then it would not lift the curse. No, that was impossible. The plague would never leave this land. There was no way to have the power she once had. But if she gave something great enough, perhaps the tree would leave her be, release her. The witch gathered her tools and split open her abdomen, seeking her womb. Inside, she was surprised to find another child growing. But she knew even if she offered this child, it would not be enough. Her womb must be given. Working quickly, numbed to the pain, she reached inside and cut out her womb and sewed herself shut. She buried her womb in the soil, nestling the new babe in the knot of the trees. The tree immediately swallowed the baby, bark growing over its face. The woman stumbled away from the tree, adrenaline spent and the pain heavy upon her. She passed out into the dirt. 
The witch woke to find two twins standing over her. It was her children, the first and second, grown by years, changed by the tree. They helped her to her feet. They had been birthed, the dark and the light, and they would sit in the branches of the tree and act as an intermediary between the power of the tree and humans. The tree would no longer be controlled by humans, as it had taken and made its own descendants. The blood it needed each month could be supplied by the twins and their future children. They would be loyal like no other. The woman cried and struggled to stand. She knew she had to leave this place and could never return. Hand pressed to her aching stomach, she stumbled away, leaving the broken village and the tree of power behind, never to return. <laughs>